Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Good evening. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the drink, shall we? I've been here five years. They only owe me the right way up yesterday. are clearly the best animal mm. that swims. True. Especially, you know, I mean, a yes. hammerhead shark made out of shark heads. Whoa. What? What is this? It, there's an art sculpture where someone made a hammerhead shark out of old hammerheads. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I <laughs> like that. Good. Now that's art I can get behind. Isn't yeah, that yeah, it's not, a, I mean, it's not it, pretentious. Yeah, it's not a line down a wall. Or it's not a... Image. What is Search it, it folks. A it's worth banana it. taped to a wall. Yeah. Oh, and then someone will eat the banana. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Modern art. You can just do crap and see what sticks. <laughs> hey, use a hammerhead to make a hammerhead. It works. There you go. Except for that's cool. <laughs> right? But yeah. speaking of hammerheads, interesting you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, our f- we're here to do our third deeper delve into the Tales from Moss Isley Cantina, edited by Kevin J. Anderson. Uh, again... The collection of stories that hopefully you've been following with us, reading along, because this Mm -hmm. stuff is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But our tale today that we're going to start off with is The Sand Tender, The Hammerhead's Tale. So we're going to talk about Moma Nadan. Yeah, we got a little hint of Momon Nidan in our uh, in one of our earlier deeper delves. He was with the thieves, Muftak and Cave. Yes, Muftak yep, right? and Cave. They mm-hmm. they talked to him. He's the guy with all of the knowledge. Right, yep. but the weird slug-looking sheep. Yeah. This is by an author who I actually really like. He's an early Star Wars author, Dave Wolverton. He ended up doing The Courtship of Princess Leia, which is a book that uh, has some of its weak points, but I actually really like. But crazy, on our Facebook page, we had one of our listeners, Justin, I actually should say our ghost fifth chair, Justin, uh, who pointed out, out to us that Dave Wolverton also goes by the name David Farland. If you have at all read the Rune Lord series, which I've read book one. <laughs> yeah. I've read none of them. So. <laughs> but, uh, and I actually don't. So Dave Wolverton is the name he uses when he writes science fiction, and Dave Farland is the name that he uses when he writes fantasy work. But his okay. name is Dave Wolverton. Okay, so whenever he's doing science fiction, he uses he uses his, his actual, actual name. Yeah, and right. then, okay. I, I, I wonder why that would be. I mean, maybe it's just kind of his way of separating himself and not getting too... Well, I guess he is already in a specific category. You know, he always has science fiction with his main name. Mm-hmm. The fantasy could just be kind of a side, That's side it, thing he throws That is in. always interesting to me, though, because as you would think you'd want the name recognition. But maybe, maybe not. I mean, I know nothing about authorship yeah. and what publishing studios or how publishing houses yeah. try to do. Or maybe I, I, he I already know. has the recognition. But you would so think, he hey, the guy, it. Dave Wolverton, the guy who wrote uh, best selling Bantam science fiction yeah. Star Wars novel, now comes out with The Rune Lords. And like, you think you'd want to cross? Unless he doesn't want that. Maybe, maybe. maybe he doesn't want that. He wants it just off of. His own ideas. He's afraid of being beat up at sci-fi conventions because he's a fantasy (laughs) author. Well, it could be the same idea of what Stephen King did when he had the Bachman stuff of, well, let's see if my writing can actually hold up on its own, not just because of my name. Yeah, right. Because that was one of that's true. That is that is opponents for it. That's why he was so mad when it got outed. Yeah, true. But yeah. I think it was a poorly kept secret too. I oh yeah, it was, it was very. Like a... It was very easily found out. Based <laughs> what they showed. But, right. but anywho, yeah. so we've got the Sandtender's tale. Yeah, or yeah. the Sandtender, the Hammerhead's tale. Yeah, and by Dave Wolverton, which again I've pointed out many times is uh, probably one of my favorite characters from the most Eisley Cantina. He just screams Star Wars to me. Yeah, um, I loved he his really, character. He really does his figure, his action figure. I I loved. That was one of the first ones I wanted to get nice. outside of the the main the characters. main. Well, yeah, sense. you know, I'm like, oh, obviously you had your main ones. You had and you got thirty percent like more plastic with him. 
<laughs> so it's, much taller. It's, it's all about the plastic. It's all about how much plastic like, uh, is Mom, there. Mom, I know you said I couldn't get a new action figure today, but um, this one is 30% bigger than yeah. the other one. I'm, it's, it's, like, actually, it's the same it's, price. It's a value. It's like I'm getting 30% off. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> it's great, Mom. Pick it up, please. Please. <laughs> You but know. we are introduced to Moma Nadon. Now, at this point in the book, we've already read Muftak and Cave, so mm-hmm. we're just going back to that. They were in the cantina together, all talking in our last mm-hmm. story, and that's where we're at. Moma Nadon is in the cantina talking to Muftak, and Muftak's all excited, like from the last book. Hey, I'm a Talls. Because uh, remember, Muftak didn't know what he was. A stormtrooper had come up to him and said, Hey, get out of my way, Talls. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a Talls. I learned something. I, yes. I know what I am now. Yep. Right? Uh, I love that Nadon has two mouths and can speak in stereo. So what he like he's like a Bose Bose <laughs> acoustic wave stereo, um, which is kind of like what you hear when when you're in the cantina. He makes this weird, yeah, sounds yep. sounds. He just makes sounds. It's like like somebody turning a dial through a it's background radio. Talking. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's background noise. You yeah. don't need you don't no. need much. So they go back and make the claim about this whole Lieutenant Alima. Right. Who is a long-standing enemy of Nadan. Yes. Uh, as we'll later find out for the reasons why. And all let's that. talk and about it right now. Let's oh, set sure. it up. Let's, let's set do it up. Let's, yeah. set the, let's set the board. Set the stage. Well, dun, dun, dun. When they were in uh, the other story, they talked about how Nadan didn't and, think he was going to live. And had planted the seeds with this Lieutenant Alima. Yeah. And we're mm-hmm. like, well, what's the deal with Alima? And yeah. now we find out... What about Alima? We find out that Alima at one point had invaded Nadan's original town. Planet, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Before. he was the great priest of their whole religious sect, essentially. Right, there. right. And he tried to hold out as long as he could from torture, essentially. Right. Different type of torture where it was going to be, well, I'm going to kill all your plants. Right. Yeah. And they did. And they did. They started destroying these trees, mm-hmm. which were like, in some ways, sentient as well, right? After and a certain number of them. After yeah. a certain yeah. number of them. And that was too much because what we find out is the Athorians, they have these giant herd ships. Yep. We... There's other books that expound upon that. In fact, the book that we're reading, we'll talk more about it okay. uh, on the main podcast. But they are like a world of pacifist hippies, extreme they, environmentalists. Yes. They are the druids. They, they are, are druids. Everything, everything is sure for... Eh, probably not Wiccans. Oh, no. Wiccans like to cast spells and do Too much things. blood these, and that yeah, kind these, of stuff. No. These guys are just all about the trees, man. Nature they, energy. Yeah, nature and energy. Too. And a little no. bit of cloning. You <laughs> they know? are gaining the power of the Genetics. Awen. Yeah. Let, let the, let the no. flow of Awen happen through you. <laughs> My druid friends will know what I'm talking about. The three... <laughs> the three rays of light from the Awen. Okay, so okay. anyway... <laughs> and off of the druids. Anyway... Alima has basically made it so that Nadan was outcast from his whole planet, so now right. he's stuck on Tatooine. Which yeah. I think is a little bit... I, I don't like what the Ithorians did there. I mean, again, this it's where pacifist pacifism True rubs pacifism. me the wrong way. Yeah. Right, where he, he was... He was saving he, his race, basic, or the race of the trees. Yeah. That entire forest, he was saving it from being massacred and by... And their, their floating city as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was saving all of that, but uh, they would have rather that the uh, everything was destroyed. Yeah, and that the Imperials didn't get that little bit of knowledge that he gave them. Right, right. I mean, um, did the Imperials really use that knowledge to what we... No, not that I know of. Hey, maybe they put recordings in like plants for something, so that they had secret data that they could go in, back and talk in to Chahala later. In Chahala trees, yeah. I ain't no Mine. Chahala back bark. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, he has Muftak, as we talked about in the last book, sell his name essentially to Alima, right? Because his yeah. plan is all right. For all this time, I can do it. I'll right. Get the, I'll, Get my revenge. Yeah, because yeah. he, he wants no. to herd Alima to his house. Yeah, uh, basically is is, yep. is what's going on. Um, I do love this little drop. Uh, he drops in a little things about the physiology of of Moma, and he says that he can shut down his digestion and send more blood to his brains, so he can think about stuff. Yeah, yep. you know. And so I get almost what you're going with druid. I like this kind of very slow natured kind of plant feel from yeah. Moma Nadan. Yeah, you know, where it, almost like a plant could shut down the uptake of water from its roots mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. maybe bloom or bud or do whatever. Like, that's... Like, I think Dave Dave Wolverton is kind of keying in on, you know, really kind of exploding the idea of of him being this druid. I actually yeah. love that you titled him a druid because that is definitely what he is. I love, I love this style of 
sci-fi where it brings in a little bit of magic but they have explanations for right. it it's not yeah. just magic it's called right. the force yeah. it's you it's more than just the force though you know they, <laughs> right. they, they they add more than just the force they right. add there's mysticism there's, there's, a, there's a mysticism there but they throw in genetics right. they, you know yep. they talk about mm. that type of stuff it's like scientific mysticism yeah correct but even yeah, if yeah. you look at the the figure and everything else momon nadan his feet to look like like the stumps of trees, like he could grow mm. into the ground. I, mm. I, I like, and even we saw in the last story that when Muftak was approaching him, he was like approaching him because he was like wise, and yeah. even all the advice was a very slow-minded kind of. It takes time. Yeah, we'll yep. find out. You know, he's mm. very, very tree-like. Yep. He's so, an ant. <laughs> he's an ant. There we go. So he's hey, as here. Long as it doesn't take a few months to make a <laughs> yeah. decision. So he's here, and like he even makes the claim that this is the worst place of anyone of his kind could be. There's no oh, plant he's life. He's on a desert. He's on a desert. Yeah. So he's trying to find different ways to splice plants together to actually grow here. Yeah, he's he's sitting there trying to think, how can I make this planet actually Better. enjoyable mm-hmm. and not just a terrible place? And he's yeah. living by this code that the Athorians mm-hmm. have called the law of life. And that will play a big part in this book. The law of life is that for every plant harvested, two must be planted. And that it's will like come modern back. Day forestry. It is like modern yeah. yeah, for sure. Cut one, plant three. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dave Wolverton, even from his other book, is very naturalistic. I feel like Dave yep. Wolverton is, in some ways, an old forester who became an author. <laughs> hey, could be. It, yeah, he could be. It, it would be a great way for him to Good explain background. some of the things that he talks about here. For, sh- for sure. Um, but we do get this overview again where as he's leaving, he's thinking over the Baffer trees of Cathor, the Cathor Hills that were almost yeah. destroyed. And the Tafonda Bay, that's what I was trying to remember. Yep. The name of that floating oh, city yeah. was mm-hmm. the Tafonda Bay. And his Bay. perfect memory of all these things throughout his whole life. Right. I remember when I, my wife and I planted a tree. I remember being a child. I remember when right. Alima came. That would be traumatizing. And, and to it's be able to like memorize, yeah. to have all of that in your mind and, his, and not be able to lose it. His wife is still alive. His wife and yeah. child are yeah. still back He's on Ithor. He's banished entirely. Yeah. Awful. So, we have back home, uh, Moma goes into the grove of the Sidorian driller trees that he's planted in the mountains north of Mos Eisley. So he goes home. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty ritzy place. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like pretty big. It's really close to the spaceport, uh, but he it's basically a big greenhouse. Yeah. And then he decides, I'm going to go out to the desert. I don't know. We've never seen these, but he's... So in some valley or up on these mountains, he's been growing these trees north of Mos Eisley. And I love this because he's been gene splicing them with what is called the native hubba gourd, which yep. is what the Jawas love yeah. uh, to eat. Which, it only was funnier because now on The Mandalorian, they yep. have the whole thing where they're looking for the egg. The egg. Yep. And yep. even though that's not Tatooine, it was funny. I just was picturing the same thing where they're all running around with these big hubba gourds. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> There's this big procession as they come back with the hubba gourds. But the Jawas and the sand people need to have a better time of time of it. So I like again, he's this geneticist, this farmer. Yeah. And he goes through it and at that point he finally gets this call from Muftak. Hey, soldier name out, he's coming for you. Good luck. Yeah. And he finally goes back home and he's gotta go talk to his trees. Right. I I don't know. I love love talk uh, the way he describes how he talks to the trees Mm -hmm. and the air, just his house. Mm-hmm. It reminds me general, of yeah. you know it, when you're in the dead of winter and you go into a greenhouse. That is right. one of the nicest feelings. You know when it can be negative twenty out and you walk into a greenhouse and it's seventy. You hear right. birds going. It's just like whoa. You so know, now, I love that. Remind me, is this the place too where he, he, when he's talking to them, he is talking about how they might because some of his plants are carnivorous. Uh, yes. Yes. Can be aggressive. Some can yes. very easily kill. And he's talking to them kind of like. We need to. Can you help me take out yeah, Alima? Well, and he, they are refusing to. So this, he this goes, is not the way. Mama. He goes into his house, and there's the Balfour trees. Yes, they're the main ones who basically decide everything for all the others. Yeah, because they're a hive mind. They're a hive mind of seven right yeah. now. I think yeah. six or seven. Yeah, seven? I think it's seven. I think it's seven for true sentience. Yeah. So they're saying the I, number of completion. Yeah, it makes sense. I I need your help killing him. No, we no. can't do that. Yeah. Well, wait. He's evil, though. He's done this, and I wouldn't be killing him. You would. Yeah, but you're the one giving the order, so you would you're be the one. You're using us as a weapon. It's no different. Yeah, yeah. So they go through that whole thing, and it's saying that, yeah, you're, you'd are you break the law of life. We can't do this. Yeah, right? basically, can't do this they ever. are refusing, even if they'll die. Because he says, you know, he mm-hmm. will probably kill you. He'll do all. They don't care. It's, right. I, it does not matter if we die anything. You cannot kill this evil man. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then... 
dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Alima's in the house. Hey. Hey. Alima in the house. Uh, and hey. I and really... he's a very kind and generous soul. He's a very, <laughs> he's very nice. He is a very smart soul. No, he's, all. Very... He's, he's evil. But yes, I, so, not that I, I know, but I, he's very smart yes. because I don't of why know, he's even here. I don't know if I, if I take this as the truth. Oh. Or, or if he's using this as like after it happened, because he's been downgraded to being on on Tatooine, you know yeah. the the armpit oh, yeah. of the galaxy. He's, but no. he he like I feel like he's got Momo's some demotions. Like, yeah, Momo's like, so I see you got demoted from Vader's flagship, and Alima's <laughs> like, I wasn't demoted. Okay, I planned uh, it. I planned this. I planned the whole thing yeah. because you know how long you last on Vader's ship? Not long. So. It was my choice to leave. I, I chose to leave because, like, I don't want to die, and it's it's fine. It's it's perfect. So I agree with you. I think we're supposed to take it, you know, that he is um, smart, smart, and that's why he's left the because ship. he's probably one who's been around. Because they make the reference that he's pretty old at this point yeah. compared to when he was last seen. Yep. That so he's seen a lot of people probably be killed by Vader for making mistakes. He's like, I'm and getting like, off the ship. Nope, I'm done. Oh, yeah. I would, I would literally say, yeah. I would not want to be on Vader's ship ever. Yeah. No right. one is safe. You miss the dust, a little bit of dust in his room, well, there goes mm-hmm. that janitor. Yeah. Yep. But as this whole thing is going on, Nadan's and they're looking at all the plans. Oh, that one could kill him, that one could kill him. I'm not going to fall for that. And he goes and just brings a gun out and shoots the trees. Yeah. yeah. And, and basically makes Not them... Not on, shoots the tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and now makes uh, makes the trees non-sentient. They're like Correct. just kind of brainless. They, they can, can still, still talk, talk but, but they're kind of They can't enough. fully think. Yeah. yeah. Right? True and so he, gone. he basically says, uh, I'm going to be back here. I want you to look for the droids. Help me find them because I know you're connected. Well connected. So you help me look for the droids. I'm going to return. And if you haven't produced anything, I'm going to de- destroy all your vegetable friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <So> basically. <laughs> yeah. You will kill all things. All right. And I do love the animosity that Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alima just sees him as this wuss of a pacifist. Like, yep. yep. Uh, he's like, Mom, and which I think it should be brought out now is why Alima shows up alone. Right? Yeah. Because... Like, why isn't he showing up with stormtroopers? Alima's yep. like, this is Moma and Adon. He's like the local. You know, hippie constantly sitting cross-legged in the grove. Smells of patchouli Met, oil. Yeah, it smells of patchouli oil. It's got a big man bun. And he's just like... Sitting there with his drums. You know, drums <laughs> or guitar. with nature. He's growing some sort of hub of gourds outside the mountains. Like, this guy will never lift one tentacled finger against me. I'm just going to show up. Like, no. on my way home, I'm just going to drop by his house and yeah. threaten him yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. Let's just do a little good. extortion, blackmail, all that fun stuff. And right. we'll see what happens. Yeah. So at that point, he makes the decision, okay, even though I'll break all the law of life, he has to go. So he goes and takes what money he has, and he goes and buys a blaster. Which mm-hmm. I love. That. I love I, I want to see like, the face on the like the shop owner who's selling the blast, blasters when Moma and Adon, you know. The I, guy they everybody knows. knows. I, bet, I picture him walking in, and I don't know why I have this in my head. Is this in one of the prequel movies where like the Ithorian wearing like one of the big drug rugs, like he's got one of <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he's he's wearing what? What are those called? Bajas? I have anyway, no idea, but I know what you're talking. Let's just about. go with it. You know, yeah. The people so, will know. Yeah, yeah, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he's what wa- hippies wear? What hippies wear? He's got like the, the beads, the drug yep. rugs, and he's he's walking in, and he's just like, I uh, need to buy one of those killing instruments. <laughs> A blaster? <laughs> yeah. That. Are you sure? Are you sure you want that? In some ways, I would feel that he's lucky that all this goes down pretty quick. And that Alima shows up really fast because I would think word would go out pretty fast that, hey, there's stuff going down in town. Stormtroopers are coming into town and uh, they're looking for these droids. And MoMA just bought a blaster. Like, that would be What's going on? You know know as soon as MoMA buys one. Uh, Okay, something's weird. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It would be a sign of the apocalypse. MoMA just left the plant hut and is buying a blaster. (laughs) So he goes out with this blaster. He sets it to kill, which becomes kind of important as we go on. He specifically sets it to kill, not stun. Not stun. He knows this. And there's a convenient fire going on that's bringing all these people out. Right. I like the comment of, Oh, the person might buy some of these canisters to put the fire out at inflated prices, of course. Because right, this is because a terrible place. They're on Tat. Yeah. Well, and they're yeah. also on Tatooine. Water like is, water is at a yeah. premium, and so they're like, "Well, are we going to use water to fight this stupid no. fire?" No, no. Yeah. No, we'll yeah, use no. some We're sand canisters. Yeah. Just go with that. Exactly. And Alima's there, and he goes, "Come into the alley. 
Yeah. With so, the blaster yeah. and brings him into the alley. Yeah, because Alima's yeah. by. Yeah, right. And Nadan forces him into the alley and he's going to be tough, right? Yep. And Alima walks up to him and just basically, again, because he knows he's such a pacifist, is like, hey, you know, your, your blaster is on stunt. You're and, such an yeah. idiot. Like, basically calls him an idiot. The blaster's on stun. And Moma's like, I know it's not on stun. And looks and at it. And still looks at <laughs> it. Still looks at it to be like, like, I know it's on kill. Like, someone with perfect memory yep. still thought that still they put something to on. To this is so alien to him. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Right? But, yeah. but so grabs the gun. Uh, Alima grabs the gun and then kicks him down and then... Kicks one of his eye stocks blood. Oh, yeah. Beats sure. beats the crap out of him. Yeah, and let that be a lesson yeah. to you. I'm still coming back, and you find where those droids yep. are. Yep. And right. then he stuns him with his own blaster. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Stuns him, like, once, and then before he leaves for good measure, shoots him right between the eye stocks with a, uh, with it on stun mm-hmm. again. Ooh. Oh, that's Alima's, gotta hurt. Alima's that's a gotta jerk. hurt. At this point, right, it's it's kind of like he's setting up kind of the bully scenario yeah. yep. where yeah. you're like, you're just waiting for MoMA to rise up against Alima. I will say, Alima fits in way. well with the Empire. Yeah, very, very he, he well. Is yeah. an, he is a perfect Empire soldier at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Nidon goes home and does what any good druid would do, just communes with the trees and just con- contemplates life and yeah. existence. <laughs> I really like this spot when he went back because they make the joke of, well, in Mos Eisley, they know that he's got all these plants, so there's water. The water thieves, they're going to come. Right. Yeah, it's true, but those plants will also kill you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's killed like about four that. of them yeah, or the water like thieves that. come and so, they eat them. So I found this really weird, like, that they dropped this in because we've been set up the entire time as Nadon being this super pacifist, yet he's got a tree with four skeletons hanging in it. It's, from water thieves. It's because that's nature. Like, that's nature yeah. taking It's not its a course, manipulative not. thing. It's right. There's water, and the plants need the water. That's right. fine. He's you know He is doing the water. He is not right. responsible for somebody trying to come in and yeah. steal that yeah. water and the, getting eaten. The natural so. course of nature is not good nor evil. Yes. It is just the, the way. And it's it not is. like he told them, hey, eat them. Yeah. Right. They, they just did it on their they own. Just yeah. True. Yeah. True. So that, that's why I think yeah. he can get away with it, and that's why the other trees don't mind, is it's it's nature. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. so I, I agree with that. So. Momo Nadan decides to go to the cantina to say goodbye to his friends. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're supposed to be thinking as readers that Momo uh, believes that when Alina Alima shows up, there's going to be a fight, but he'll probably not win it. Alina's oh, yeah, most likely. Him. He'll yeah. die. Most likely. Mm-hmm. He will die with his plants. Yeah. Yep. And so this is supposed to be something sad. So Ben Kenobi, th- the, the, as they're sitting there talking to Muftak, the whole Ben Kenobi thing happens. Mm-hmm. Moma sees an answer to his problem, though, right here. He's like, Ben mm-hmm. Ben Kenobi, I could turn him in. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? It's, it's an out that's not betraying it, anything that he has. It's perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. And I love this because Ben leaves and locks eyes with Moma. And it's like, going back to what you just said about, is there Force users that aren't Jedi, right? Which mm-hmm. I think in this era of Star Wars, it was replete with the idea that everyone everyone has a connection with the Force. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just people with st- stronger connection were like Luke, you know? But everybody at some level was connected. Even yep. Han Solo, when you played him in the RPG, had Force points, right? Like, there was some Force. Uh, that's why he was so lucky, Oh, okay. Right? So, Moma definitely being a druid (laughs) is attuned to the Force. And so, maybe Ben has foreseen this. This is never expounded upon, but I just like this idea that Ben's this mega Force user who, in some ways, through the ripples of the Force, has sensed Moma and his ideas and kind of just gives him the look like, Mm -hmm. almost like, will you betray me? Yeah. You know? and It's a test. It's It's a test. It's that little... Are you willing to do it or not? Yeah. And he doesn't do it. No, uh, no. Moma does not betray yeah. them. Yeah. And he gets Which, all melancholy after that of, well, now I've, what am I going to do? Plants. I love this because he goes home and he starts putting his potted yep. plants outside. Yep. He's like, well, Alima's coming back and he's going to destroy my hut. So I'm just going to quietly put them all outside to die in the twin suns in the morning. <laughs> Maybe they'll live. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's like a freebie. Like maybe yeah. locals will come by and yeah. pick a plant. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's a sale down at Moma's. <laughs> hey, I've always wanted that green thing that we don't have here. Let me let me go Alima, grab one of those. Alima from... went over there, shot him up last night. You know he's dead, but everything's free. <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be water in here hey, too. It's the equivalent of an estate sale. Okay. It's an estate sale. <laughs> 
it's, it's the equivalent of an estate sale. It's, you got to get there early before dead. somebody like the Jawas show up and actually set up a stand <laughs> and, and start taking money. How much for this? Five dollars. Yeah. Five dollars for this plant? I don't have the water for this plant. <laughs> but then, so after the whole estate sale happens, he starts hearing all these explosions and shots of stuff, and right. the falcon shoots out again. Yeah. Yep. Again, I love how all this is tied in so closely mm. where, you know, you watch the movie, and if you read and really pay attention to this book, you know of all this other peripheral yep. junk that's going yep. on just off screen, right? Yep. So... MoMA overhears this commander yelling about, like, who is responsible for this guy getting out of here? Hansel yeah. just blasted out. Who is responsible for this? Who's in and charge of everything and all this that? This is where MoMA's like, this is my chance. Yep. This is my chance. I can do this. Because Alima, because of his hubris and his belief that MoMA Nadan is this hippie druid... That he showed up at the house alone. Yeah. There's no witnesses. What they talked about. It... There's there's no evidence what they talked about. He does say, mm. I know that he probably put it in his record that he showed that up. That he visited to my house. Because he needs those records. I, yep. I'm i an authorian. I have a perfect memory. I can't, be, I can't be tripped up under questioning yep. by lying. So he walks up to the officer and says, Alima. Alima is in charge. And he, it's his, he knew I told him last night this was going to happen. Yeah, he came mm-hmm. He came to me, threatened me, and, and then look at... Look, look at what he did to yeah. my eyes! He, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't do anything with the information. And right. Momon thinks that he's just going to go through a trial. Like, right. that's the yep. thing, is he doesn't think uh, anything empire-ish will happen. He just is thinking, okay, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it, it, there'll be a trial. I can lie my way through it, because I'll always remember everything. But the uh, commander the other, has a whole other thing. You know what would happen if Vader was here. Yep. This is yeah, fantastic. Like The commander is just like, so it was you, huh, Alima? Just pulls out his blaster, shoots him three times in the chest, drops him right there. Yep. And then they all move on with their day. And then the weirdest thing happens. <laughs> yeah. The Ithorian slowly kind of moves up with his big Groot legs, pulls out two pins, and sticks them into Alima harvesting his genetic material. He needs those genes. The law of life. The yeah. law of life. For yeah. every death, you must replant too. This is where it got weird. He's going to now go back, because he believes now that mm-hmm. he'll be allowed to go back yeah. to Ithor, where he will grow Twins. two clones yep. of Alima, yeah. but raise them to be good. Yeah. That can't go well. That's disgusting. That's, that's a little weird. It's a little weird. Uh, that would definitely show nature versus nurture. Uh, we'll go with that. Oh yeah, Very, you know. Druidish, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's, it's a weird. Is, is he ending. from Druidia? <laughs> Funny, he doesn't look <laughs> Druish. <laughs> but so that I. What did you guys think of the overall story? That little bow on the end. What did, What did you guys think overall? I was good until kind of the bow. In all honesty, yeah. I found that I found it interesting, but compared to what he's been doing with how all the genetic splicing he's done, it fit. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, it fit with what he would do with the way that he sees things. It's not. It's not us saying, "Oh, that's really weird that you're regrowing someone." For him, it's, "Oh, well, I'll just clone this again." Right? Yeah. Like all these other things is, that have died. It's, it's what he always has done. Which makes I me agree. wonder: when one of their race dies, do they clone that one? And there's two of them. Oh, I wonder if they're a race of clones. clones. They could no, but be. he has a wife and a child. What if they I mean, were? They could what be. if she was a clone of someone else, and then they made the one, and then if that one dies, then they have another one. They are a long-lived species, but that's an interesting question because yeah. that does bring up then a yeah. problem if they believe. In although I don't know, maybe they, they take natural death. Yeah. So if you die Compared naturally, to... and it's part of the law, the flow of nature. There we go. Then you don't have to. Or maybe they do some sort of ritual where the body is burnt and it's spread over the ground and, and some life yeah. comes from that. I don't know. I, yeah. That's an interesting Yeah, thought. that's a good point. I don't know. I don't think they are, though. I don't think, I they, doubt I don't think they're I doubt clones. It, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah. Now, after hearing about the trees, everybody should 
be still my heart. The next story. I, don't know. I was trying to think <laughs> and listen to the bartender. Yes, and let, listen let, to the bartender's tale. Yeah, I mean, since we're all disturbed by this whole cloning fiasco with pins, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, let's, let's let's go talk it out with Wur, the yeah, bar, bartender. Simple. Isn't Nothing that what bar could happen there? Yeah, isn't that what bartenders do though? You sit there and talk They've to them for a while, right. yeah. yeah they then you're listening. Listening. paying them. So well, okay. so so our next story is "Be Still My Heart," the bartender's tale. This tale of Wur. The bartender. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is by David Bischoff. Yep, and we've got some just a little bit of information for him. Uh, he actually recently died in 2018. Oh, oh. reference here oh, at the age of 66. 66. 66. Ooh, yeah. that's young, Ooh, young, very young. For, and this is just reading from Wikipedia stuff right now. In all honesty, it's not us right. having the actual background knowledge. Just giving you some knowledge so you don't have to look it up yourself. There you go. <laughs> a lot of his work was novelizations of stuff like Aliens. He did the novelization Ooh. to Aliens, Gremlins oh. Two, The New Batch. Star Trek The Next Generation, and War Games. Nice. And it looks like he's got a lot of other stuff, mostly with TV work. Wow. So he's, he's a pretty there, yeah. solid franchise kind of yep. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he can pump yeah. out the content. Yeah, right. Yep. Which uh, which maybe some of his Alien stuff came into play with this one, but we'll, maybe we'll a little. see. Yeah. yeah. So this this maybe stands out for me as, as one of my little highlights in this book. It is so... Twistedly weird at the end mm-hmm. that I, uh, I really like a little. A li- this this <laughs> like is not very. what this is not what you would expect in this Star is, Wars. No, if you're reading like no. a book about Star Wars tales, like yep. you don't expect a tales book to go where this book where this story went at the Will end. Go. If if I remember right, there are a few stories in this collection that are like, whoo, like don't give this one to your ten year old. Mm. And this uh, is one. This is maybe one of them. Uh, I think also the the Night Lily one coming next okay. uh, is okay. is one of those. But uh, we start off with Wurr, uh, and we all yes. know we love this guy. This is the guy who is in the bartender is like, you hey, know, hey, we don't serve those guys. <laughs> You're your droids. droids. <laughs> Which we find out later, he really doesn't like droids. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be kind of a theme of this yep. whole yeah. story. And it starts off with him actually meeting a droid down a dark alley, essentially. <laughs> right, because he's so- just... I wouldn't say whistling his way to work, but he is in the... He's on his way to work. He's on his way to work. He works at Chalman's Cantina, which yeah. we've brought up before, but mm-hmm. Chalman is a Wookiee. The Wookiee who owner. Owns the cantina. Yep. Which is a nice little ad. I didn't... Did, has it been told that, yes. that there's a Wookiee that owns yep. it? Back well, in the very ba- first Back one. in our, our first That's story. That's right. The very one. first story we yeah, talked about we it. listened yeah. to about jizz. Yeah. Yeah. Figrin Dan. I mean, Figurin Chalman Dan. is the one who wanted his cantina filled with jizz. Yep. yep. And so that's why he brought in Figrin Dan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, on his way to work, he is violently pulled into an alley. Now, I didn't, I wasn't able to picture this very well. No, because it's a I droid. Think, because I think he said that something wrapped around his leg, leg and yanked him in. And pulled. But yeah. then when he distri- describes the droid, it's a C2, uh, C2. R4, R4. Yep. which looks like it's all cobbled together, but basically has like the body of an R2 unit, but has other stuff on it. So does it have whip-like yep. appendages? I, I assumed it was something like that yeah. wrapped around and then just like a bit of ropes or something. Sort of bolo yeah. comes out. I don't know. Yeah, sure. It's but, very weird when you describe this one, like the way um, word kind of goes. You sound like a protocol droid, but well, yeah, I've got. A blender, I've got a toaster, I've even got Bane Corn Air Poppers. I wrote yeah. that too. I can mix up any meal. Yeah. So it's, ba- it's basically an oven that'll cook for you. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Well, it's a roving oven. I would yeah. love one of That'd those. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that thing coming to you though in the night. You want a snack? Okay, that'd well, be a little crazy. And it talks about how whatever, it, it has a pretty big, like, weird, great yep. kind of yep. mouth. It has yeah. this big mouth, which is important. It's got some sort of weird mouth. Shredding. Grind. Shredder. Kind of like those car grinders. Yep. That's yeah, kind of how I yeah. pictured it. You know what it is? It's Jack LaLanne's power juicer. Juiced. <laughs> that makes sense so much more with where yeah. we're going. You got yes. carrots, you got tomatoes, you got you bananas. Put them all in you there. put them all in there. You put it all Skins in this, and all. And it's C2R4. It'll do it all. It'll take care of it all. Uh, and you get this super juice. <laughs> So, which is what happens. <laughs> but but what we find out is this droid. Uh, it, they, the Jawas had grabbed it, yep. put a restraining bolt on it, and I don't know. In a bumpy ride in the sand crawler, the the, the bolt fell off because they didn't escaped. put it on right, and he, he he escaped. So he's looking for asylum. I like this idea mm-hmm. of a droid seeking asylum. <laughs> We're gonna find out this droid though. Uh, 
believes droids have souls. Like he's like yeah. we've become he's very we've become sentient. A... We have souls, but he is constantly appealing to Wurz humanity, and that like yeah. you have a soul and I have a yeah. soul, and you're, uh, such you're a, a droid. No, you don't. It's no, kind of how Wurz yeah. brushes yeah. it off, Wurz and he's like, very nope, much... I'm done. Yeah. Right, so, but because up, he kicks the droid, he's like kicks the droid over and just keeps going. Yeah, yep. He's very and, abusive to his servants. Yeah, right. And it, I was actually looking into it because I was curious of why he was so anti-droid. Right, mm-hmm. and it was that his parents were killed by droids. Oh, really? One of the things that's what it has on the Wikipedia page is that right. his parents were killed by droids, and that's what that's oh. why he was the best I mean, spot. I wonder that's when why that he was established because this is it's not alluded to here, so it's probably something yeah. that comes up later. Yeah, some story or something like that. Where they'll usually say, yeah, the probably. probably some attack probably. droids or you know something right. like that. That who knows? That's a that's a good little it's drop a good of little knowledge though, of why, why he hates. Yeah, yeah, why he hates them. But Wurr moves on. He shows up at Chalman's Cantina, and I love. I constantly say I love. Yes, but he got. <laughs> but he's he's running a still down in the basement of Chalman's oh, Cantina, yeah. and I guess Chalman doesn't care. No, because maybe Chalman. I don't know if Chalman doesn't know, or Chalman figures he's going to get rich off the side. But where we find out has quite the talent for concocting drinks. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're is an we're is an oddity. There's not many humans yeah, that, that are, are bartenders no. in this in the universe. That well and they talk about it. Feel bad for the actor who played him, but they talk about how Wurz got a big nose. Yes, and he does. So his he does old, have a big his nose. olfactory senses are really good so he can smell all these little he's like ratatouille. <laughs> he's like <laughs> that little rat and he's like if I mix this with this, this. Uh, you know, I put a little vermouth in, and then I put a little this, and yeah. and it the, it brings out these flavors. And so he's as rough in his course as he looks. He has a real talent for concocting drinks, and yeah. we find out that in the basement of Chalmans, he is trying to make his piece de resistance. He is going to make the perfect liqueur that he can give to Jabba. Yep, and that j- then it'll make him rich. Yes, and and Jabba and is always looking for the finest. It doesn't finest buzz. It doesn't seem to be a good uh, for me. It, this is a bad business move to become the bartender for Jabba. No, that's how you die. But, yeah, I feel that's a really stupid move. Work, that's how you die. But that's what he wants to do. And he's so he's got this, a chance. this weird green concoction that he he gets out of his still. He puts it on his tongue, and there's it's like pop rocks. It's exploding and it's burning, and it's, it's doing. It's very everything. painful to him because it's, it's not for his kind. Yeah. yeah, but at the end of the day, it's not right. This yeah. is it is. He not, knows he knows something is off on it. He needs something else for but this what? concoction. What but can what? he have? And he keeps thinking of that over. And but over you know, and over it's again. his saying: uh, a day's shuck, a day's buck. Yep. <laughs> So, of course, he goes back upstairs to the bar yep. to get to work. And who do we see who's ordering something? The very first stupid so, person again. So oh, yes, the kid. We, we've we met Greedo already. And uh-huh. Greedo, we know, is is this this kid who thinks that he's from a great bounty hunter lineage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he comes in. He's being used, as we know from our other story. I didn't get from him, though. I knew he was cocky and arrogant. But he seems really cocky and mm-hmm. arrogant at this point, to the point where he go, goes up to the bar with Wurr, and he's demanding water, and really kind of forcefully. And I felt it maybe was slightly above character for Greedo. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I do feel like Greedo at that point had had the feeling like, I've got, I'm going to get Han Solo... He's got that arrogance. He's got right. that sway going well, right now. Well, because he's doing what you should never do. He's di- dissing the bartender. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I don't like humans. And you listen to me. You're, you're going to get me some of that pure water. Yeah. Don't you hold on on me. And you know what? I'm going to talk to your boss. You want to get And roofied? I'm going to get you fired. And I'm going to tell Jabba. That's yeah. who I'm going to tell. Yeah. You, you know, like. You want to get roofied? That's how you get roofied. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you you talk to the bartender. That could really be on bad. Disney Plus. We're in Chalman's <laughs> Cantina. It's all about we're roofie. Someone... I don't think Disney Plus would go for yeah, that. You don't think yeah, they I do don't, that? I don't, I don't think they would go actually. for that. No, no, no that's well, either roofie or LSD. You know, have put a little LSD in. You know, we've been not and... talked about yet that giant praying mantis thing that's in the oh, corner. Yeah, that's There's true. a giant there praying mantis. Maybe roofie's the praying mantis. <laughs> <laughs> My God. So, so after it all, he finally gives Greedo 
<laughs> Sorry, folks. We have motions being done off screen. That Sorry. You can't see. But, <laughs> but they were hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, he finally gives Rito the drink and he gets a. Huh. There's an interesting scent there. Because. It's very. Because his huge nose. Well, and because Greedo, because he's so primed for what a, what's about yep. to happen with Han Solo, he's exuding a bunch of pheromones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Wurr with his giant nose, nose can smell this. He's like Toucan Sam. Mm-hmm. It's like. Follow my nose. Mm, it I always got... knows. Mm. <laughs> right? Yep. So then we have the whole thing with Han Solo going on, right? Yeah. Now, from the bartender side of it, though, of, oh no, oh, shooting up. And now we got to clean And we, that up. there's somebody that I don't think we ever see that is alluded to this four armed dishwasher guy named yep. Neckar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah his, it's his assistant. We, I don't. I don't think we see it. No, it's not in my so. head. Nope. That's I've for never sure. made an action figure of Neckar. There you go. <laughs> but I I even like this allusion to that. Of course the dishwasher would have four arms. Well, duh. Like, that yeah. is... Yeah. It's more... It makes it easy for him. You know? Right? It's easier for him. <laughs> so, then we have the shooting of Greedo that yep. happens, right? And yeah. we get from Wurr's perspective, this is like angels singing in heaven. Yeah, no. he. The only thing he wishes could have been different was that he was the one pulling that trigger. Oh right, like no. that's it. What He's I, so happy. What I find weird here, though, is he t- tells Neckar, hey, "Stop washing the dishes. Can you go grab the body really quick?" Or no, or does go he tell guard him? the body. Go guard. Make the body. sure yeah. nobody takes it. He's yeah. worried about Jawas taking the body. What are Jawas doing with a body? Don't I mean, take anything. I get the looting, but what are they doing with a body? Uh, you can probably read. I thought they were just scrap dealers. They're they're dealers in everything I from guess. metal, scrap metal to scrap human, or no. or scrap. <laughs> I feel that in some instances, Bischoff might not know enough about the universe he's writing in. I don't know if Jawas maybe would be taking more. a body. But it's hey, an interesting maybe concept. Maybe he's that dark yeah. side of things with how this story keeps going. <laughs> That's true. Well, well, yeah. Jawas, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like Bischoff himself is getting yeah. ecstatic as he's reaching the yep. end of his own writing. Like, yeah. uh, Jawas are going to take the body. We just need to get to this end. Right? So, or is like... Oh. Watch it. I gotta go get something. What are you doing? That's eh, a mission of mercy. Yeah. Okay. He, he has a kind of change of heart. Kind, well, kind, yeah. For reasons. For, there's for reasons, reasons behind it, but it is a change of this heart. This is how I mean, sick. You... I well, we'll get to it. How sick were is, but he knows now what he needs the droid for. Yeah. So he's gonna go find the droid, and he's like, "Yeah, no, no, you can come with me." Um, oh, thank you, master. It's so nice. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And yeah. here again, yeah. we get the droid going fine. on and on about how good, how good a heart you have, and what a great soul you are. Yeah. Sure. Right. Sure. Right. Sure. I, sure. You're welcome. I think we can do all this today. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got a good heart. But I'm not interested in milk today. Yeah. Uh, Well, the droid, we should say, is being taken by a Jawa as well. And and Worb just bashes the Jawa in the head. (laughs) Zero cares. Just him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's why you always carry a nice, good old mallet around. You can always bash somebody in the head with it. He's got that bartender's ability to find out where the soft spot right above the (laughs) ear is. (laughs) Take him around the temple. So he takes the droid, saves him, and he brings him back to his... Under the bar. I'm just going to call it his lair. His, his yeah, lair. lair. At this it's point, it's his lair. Yeah. Uh, it, especially it, because uh, of what happens in his lair. So, let's talk about this. Okay. So, the elixir, yeah. that, or the liqueur that he's been trying to make has been missing this last little bit. Yeah. And so, we get this scene where this perfect liqueur is now dripping out. And he where it puts it on his tongue and it is just... It is perfct. This he's is what done it. he's finally done it. He has created the liqueur that will make him famous tattooing over and he will work for Java. And then we get this I imagine the camera panning over yep, it's to a where slow the slow pan. Slow pan over to where the droid is sitting because he's like, That's right, master, that's right. And out of the thing's mouth, the that juicer. greater mouth, the juicer mouth, is Greedo's Arm, yep. foot, a foot. Yep. Greedo's some, foot is some hanging. appendage is hanging out, and <laughs> and he saw, talks about how he's gonna have to have his blades sharpened sure, yep. because it was so hard Ugh. to grind this thing up. He ground Greedo up and made liqueur out of him. Well, I'm sure Jawa will. In- Not uh. only that, but weird. Uh, Were is some sort of Jeffrey Dahmer because he's got. He's he's got Greedo's head. He kept it. He yeah. kept it. It's sitting on a He talks on the wall. to it. He talks to it. He talks to Greedo's yeah. head. It's it's that creepy killer that just has 
body parts around and just kind of has casual conversations with them. Right. So, Wurr is all kinds of dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, but he's a kind soul to the robot. So he likes droids now. As yeah. if to underscore about five times the tragic tale of Greedo. <laughs> Greedo, just a poor orphan. Yep. Much Didn't like the Mandalorian. Doing. He's a foundling. Not really. But uh, he, was, he was just raised with his clan on this beautiful, pristine jungle planet. Forced off when a rival clan chased him away. Mm-hmm. Born, a, you know, raised on the wrong side of the tracks. Made some bad friends. Made some bad decisions. Became a bounty hunter. Got used. Got shot by the calloused hand Solo. Yep. And mm-hmm. then his body was desecrated, ground up, made into liqueur, and his head now rests under the cantina on the wall of work. You're gonna look at that cantina with a whole new light, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. see that, and you yeah. hear all of that smooth jizz playing all over the <laughs> top of that thing, while under underneath is hidden Greedo's the dark, head, just the darkness, the dark layer of worms. Yes, <laughs> I like it. It's it's a twist that start that you don't really expect out of I the Star Wars. It. I didn't see it. You know, and I'd even read this. I totally forgot that 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 was. I don't know why it didn't stick with me. Say, how did that? How did that how did not that stick not with you? Stick with me. I I remembered there being something weird about Wur. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my fourteen year old mind blocked it all. <laughs> I didn't see why. I Something just, we had I the c- power to do. The Elorians, not so much. I was sitting at the, the breakfast table, just covering my ears, shaking my head. <laughs> no, 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 not my Star Wars, no. not my Star Wars. Bob, Bob this what, is what happened to Bobby? <laughs> right. <laughs> so your thoughts on this one? How was it for you? It was dark. I enjoyed it. It was It was yeah. a twist. It was a twist that I wasn't expecting out of a Star right. Wars book. It was when all of a sudden you're grinding up a body. Okay, right. that's that's something yeah. I'm, I'm surprised put it, by. I'm going to put it this way. I'm, I'm going to say that you've got to read... The tales from beginning to end, yep. because I do think Anderson did a really good job of setting this anthology up. Mm-hmm. Where when you, if you were to meet a Star Wars fan on the street and say, "Hey, you read tales? Let me tell you, there's this one story where Wurr, the bartender, makes a liqueur by chopping up Greedo in a in in a, in a droid." Yeah. People are gonna look at you like, "What kind of trash novel is that?" Are you reading? Yeah, don't. Yeah. I am not touching that with a ten-foot pole. But I think by this point in the anthology, you're primed for this. Yeah. Like you have read so many interconnected tales; mm-hmm. they're all fun. Yeah. You know, they're just—it's it, really fun. And so it, it puts you in a different state of mind, and I think you're willing to accept this. I mean, it doesn't have to be canon for you if you don't want it to be. But for me, this was like. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. I don't know. It was just. It was a good time. Fun. You picture chopping people's bodies up to make Greedo, drinks. Fun. Yes. yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I think it's great. Well, like I said in the last episode that we'd done, the fact that this finally went dark and something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not always good things happen. This is kind of what I was after here. I mean, this and is there good is for Wur. There is, is no good. Yeah, Wur's great. I like there's no there's no good person here. I mean, no, this this no one was is, good in this one. No, Wur is definitely becoming Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, you have uh, green. You know, you know so a lot of green. A lot of uh, green aliens are going to start disappearing. Yeah, I was about to say, what's going to happen to all of them? Uh, what about the other two? What I would have liked is the other two he? who sold him out. There's two other Rodians in that cantina. Mm, yeah. Right, but are, that are they sold the same? Greedo out. Yeah, that's true. They're a different tribe, though. But maybe they have to be all primed and heightened, like yeah. uh, you know, Greedo was. But I feel like he's just, just, just the fear of being shoved into the chopper would be enough to get the pheromones going. That Probably. or just, he'll just get them revved up, and uh, we'll and see how that goes. Clunk. <laughs> I think they should. He should try Morris Duel, that rivet, because he's all his pheromones are on Ooh, fire yeah. right now, over on the other podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> This little latex rubber glove over his head. Yep. So speak. Don't worry about it. Listen to the podcast. Okay. Speaking of, uh, you know, as you're listening to this, we may or may not have uh, put out our second episode for for that one. So we have plans on recording that. So, but we don't know the time frame as to when we're getting out deeper delves over the other podcast. But yep. go go back if you're liking this. I think you'll like a lot of this stuff from the '90s. So go check out what's happening over on our main podcast. Give a read or at least a look at the um, Jedi Academy trilogy. Yep, 
And if you've got some thoughts from what you've just listened to or even read and your own thoughts about Warriors craziness, the oh, yeah. Hammerheads possibly being clones, or any thoughts there? I have Give to us make a shout out. I have to make a Jack LaLanne power juicer thing. Oh. Yeah, you do. <laughs> just, yeah. just gotta. Hey, just drop us a line on Facebook. We're, uh, we're always there. Gross. All right. All right. And then you can comment underneath there. Yeah. So, yeah, please. I know what you're going to do now. Yeah. So please make sure you get those thoughts out to us. Right. We'll have another yeah. good time when we get to episode four. Yeah, episode four, where we'll be reading Night Lily. The mm-hmm. Lover's Tale. That sounds... Are we going to romance in the Star Wars If universe? I remember, this is weirdly erotic, and I don't know if I liked it. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know. So and we'll be back in, in, in true Dungeons and Dweebs style, where we're, we're covering uncomfortable sci-fi territory. <laughs> You thought, you, you, you thought a cantina full of jizz was bad. <laughs> you just wait until you hear our take on night. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we've got the Deveronian's tale. Somebody who actually, unlike Cabe, likes the sound of jizz. Oh, there we go. Yeah, because of the horns on his head. The horns on his head make him a sound of jizz. The more you know. So, okay. With that... <laughs> Um, I've got, I've got some, uh, green power liquid. It's sold by a company called Shakeology. <laughs> <laughs> not a sponsor. Not a Could be. But not so, a sponsor. So I'll go hit the juicer, and, uh, you guys, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna play some Magic I'm, the Gathering I'm, Commander tonight. I'm gonna so, okay. leave until I, before I end up being one of those juicers. Yeah. You're losers in the juicer. <laughs> you know, you, you're... Your big bearded face will look good on my wall. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons & Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons & Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert media production. Copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the expressed written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.